Hello, I'm Fernando Alegría, and this is Reflex Marine Podcast, a forum for informal offshore debates. Some weeks ago, we have seen the beginning of the installation of new top sites at the Tyra Field in the North Sea. This operation aims to revitalize a development that started production more than 35 years ago in Danish waters. Here to discuss about these news and some of the less known challenges for projects like this, we have with us two people from Reflex Marine. Sandra Antonovich, a Chief Operating Officer and Charlie House, Client Relationship Manager. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Fernando. Thanks for having us. Thank you for, for having us. Hi. Sandra, could you please tell us a bit about this Tara development and also about the new top sites that are being installed there? Uh, yes, I can try to do that. So, as you said, Fernando, this uh, platform and the Tyra field have been a major part of the North Sea's energy infrastructure for uh, over 35 years. Uh, the reason uh, they're doing the redevelopment of the platform uh, now is uh, it became necessary due to natural subsidence of the reservoir. Uh, in that sense, it's an opportunity to secure and revitalize production. On the other hand, uh, Total uh, is using advanced technologies that should enable the reduction of the environmental footprint of the new Tyra platform, and uh, they expect to optimize the energy uh, efficiency of the operation. The targets that they have set for themselves is they are looking to uh, reduce uh, CO2 uh, emissions by 30%, uh, and they are looking to reduce flaring by 90%. Um, so that's quite good. And uh, Reflex Marine is a fairly specialized company. What is its specific role in this uh, project, in this Tyra development? Uh, Reflex Marine uh, designs, engineers, um, manufactures and supplies uh, the equipment for crew transfer uh, offshore. Uh, so whenever companies working offshore need to transfer people from point A to point B, and both of those points would be on the water. Uh, the equipment that we supply allows companies to uh, perform transfers in a very short period of time um, at uh, extreme in an extreme safe way and under almost any weather conditions and sea states. Um, the the equipment we supply can operate in up to 40 knots of wind and up to 4 meters of significant wave height. Uh, the transfer takes a couple of minutes. Uh, the equipment can easily be uh, transformed into a medevac um, uh, configuration. In that sense, it uh, provides um, extraordinary uh, flexibility for the operator uh, to be able to extend their own operating envelope. So in, in your company's specific area of expertise, which is uh, crew transfers, what would be the main challenges you find in a project like this? Uh, 
in this particular one, the interesting thing is that we have decommissioning and commissioning happening almost uh, uh, at the same time. Uh, they're decommissioning the current um, the current top side and some other parts of the platform, and then they're putting new ones um, back on. Um, during commissioning and decommissioning phase, the risk assessment has to be done in a very meticulous manner uh, because there is increased risk of injury and uh, lost time incidents. Um, we always support our uh, clients uh, throughout that process. Uh, in this particular case, it's an extremely interesting operational uh, case study, if I can put it like that, uh, for everyone who is who is a part of of the project. You mentioned before that there are several partners involved with this project. Among them, Herima, a fairly sophisticated company that operates very large crane vessels in the world. What is your specific relationship with Herima? Um, Herima is. Uh we could say uh, fits into uh, a box of particular clients with us. We have worked with them for almost a decade or over a decade now. Um, and they don't purchase our products. So they might have purchased a couple of them. Uh, but their modus operandi is that they rent. Uh, the reason they are doing that is because they are subcontracted for particular projects like this one on Tyra Field. And that project has a fairly short in uh, offshore world terms, uh, or uh, let me say limited time frame. So they would be subcontracted for a couple of months or for uh, sometimes even for a couple of weeks. Um, and they are trying to be as flexible as possible. They're also trying to reduce cost for the operator as much as they can. Uh, and at the same time, they're trying to deliver uh, whatever they have been contracted to deliver in the shortest possible period of time. So they rent our uh, equipment because they're not sure whether they're going to need it on the next project. And they don't want to create unnecessary cost. They would rent it. Uh, it would be our responsibility then to make sure the the equipment is delivered at the appropriate place, at the appropriate time, um, ready and fully certified. It would be our uh, responsibility to make sure that throughout the project, uh, whatever they might need with regards to the equipment we supply, uh, that we can support them uh, promptly, whether they need operational support, logistic support, uh, whether they need any replacement parts, training, or anything like that. Um, essentially, we remain, for the duration of the rental, our operations team is on standby and is able to support them in any way that they need. And talking about your expertise, uh, in Sandra mentioned that there was some commissioning and decommissioning going on with this Tyra project. Is decommissioning an area in which uh, your company is fairly involved as well? 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, Reflex Marine work with operators in the youth in the UK for, for a variety of decommissioning projects. Uh, typically, uh, decommissioning is um, takes place offshore um, and requires operators to dismantle the topside over a stage period of time. And uh, once the helicopter platform is removed, crew access to and from that platform can be a challenge. Um, so crane access is certainly a, a viable option to to get personnel to and from that um, to and from that platform during the decommissioning stage. In the in the Tyra um, Tyra development uh, case, they, they've actually contracted the Pioneering Spirit, which is the uh, world's largest um, construction vessel, who utilise one of our XT6 carriers. And the benefit of the Pioneering Spirit, Spirit is it's a catamaran that can remove the topside in one lift um, to take it back on shore for the decommissioning process. So it's, it's actually quite a unique um, method of, of removing the topside and highly efficient also. Charlie, uh, as Sandra mentioned, uh, Total is the biggest partner in this, uh, in this project, in this Tyra project. What is your specific relationship with this company? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so it tells the, the operator of, of this project in um, Reflex Marine have been working directly with Total for the last 21 years now. Um, they purchased their first frog personnel grain transfer device uh, in the year 2000. And uh, to date, they now own and operate 55 units globally. Um, most of their um, offshore crew transfer requirements stem from the west coast of Africa. So uh, Angola, Nigeria, and the Republic of Congo. Um, and that's where we've supplied most of our carriers to support their operations. Um, and they're typically destined to sort of deep water and ultra deep water installations. So FPS like FPSOs like the Dahlia and the uh, PAS floor. Um, we've, we also work with them outside of uh, Africa in, in Europe, Asia, the Middle East and South America. And they're one of our um, long-standing clients who we, uh, who, yeah, we continue to work with on, on projects like the, the, the Tyra development. And uh, could you please provide us with some perspective also on your overall crew transfers in the North Sea uh, outside this specific client? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the North Sea is is um, many people who um, work in oil and gas and in and around the North Sea will know is a, is a challenging environment for offshore operations as such with the uh, high sea states and high wind and um, ever-changing weather conditions. Um, so currently there are around 180 active drilling platforms in operation in the North Sea and many more sort of um, uh, yeah, general vessels, shipping, shipping vessels, and, and cargo, um, cargo vessels. Um, and to date, Reflex Marine have su supplied um, 343 units over the last 25 years to projects in the North Sea, um, to all, all countries that operate within it, um, including the UK, Norway, the Netherlands, Denmark, and Belgium. Um, and some of our sort of notable clients in the region include. BP, Equinor, ConocoPhillips is sort of super majors in the region. Um, and then we also work closely alongside drilling contractors like Transocean and ProSafe and Sea Drill, as in when they have um, contracted projects in, in, in the region. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're 
we've got a, a, a large amount of experience in um, for a variety of projects in the North, in, in the North Sea. Um, and we um, continue to see new clients who, um, new clients and existing clients to sort of develop projects. Um, and we, and we support them in their endeavors to do so. And uh, out of these 343 units that uh, you supply or have supplied to the North Sea, could you give us some specific examples of projects in order for us to understand better the type of operations that you support? Yeah, absolutely. So some, some well-known projects um, that um, uh, in the North Sea currently are the, the Colzine gas field development. Um, we've supplied a number of a couple of uh, Frog XT4 carriers for for uh, contingency crew transfer on that on that field, um, alongside other projects like the uh, the BP Miller FPSO um, called the Buzzard, um, and also some of the larger semi subs like the Transocean Sedco 711 uh, utilize our uh, our Frog carrier for for their crew transfer growing sector and your involvement in in this area yes of course um so the thing with renewables it's quite interesting uh to me because it seems like sometimes it seems that in the past couple of years everyone suddenly discovered renewables um it isn't actually like that. Uh, and I think oftentimes the way uh, media forms, the headlines and all of that uh, can be misleading. In essence, you have uh, the renewables in Europe and in other parts of the world have fairly long, uh, fairly long tradition or, you know, they, they, they didn't start five years ago. They... Some of them started almost uh, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, having that in mind, we have been working with renewable companies for a long time, with some of them. Some of them, yes, uh, are coming on, on board now. Uh, we also have a lot of existing clients who, with whom we traditionally worked in the oil and gas market segment. And some of them are now having stakes and assets in the offshore uh, renewables too. Um, so I think for us, it's an interesting development because on, on one side, we are working with existing clients only with a different department. On the other side, we are working with companies that we have worked with for a, a while and they have always been in offshore wind. Uh, market segment and on the third uh, side we are working with uh, with completely new for us completely new companies of course they are not new companies on the market some of them might be but for us they're a uh, new client what we do with all of them is we are trying to take the the experience and the uh, best practices that we have learned over the years working in offshore uh, universe and apply them to their particular situations and operations. Right. And uh, you mentioned sure that you're that basically. Your question. Hello? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it does. It does. It's clear. 
you mentioned the you mentioned that uh, your company is trying to apply their their decades long experience in in this new industry as well. And I was curious, uh, what kind of challenges are you finding in renewables, and how are these challenges uh, similar or different to the ones you are used to in oil and gas? Uh, I would say, well, some challenges would be the same in a sense if an offshore wind farm is in the North Sea and an oil rig is in the North Sea, the weather conditions are the same for both of them. So the sea state would be the same. It would be X uh, meters of significant wave height. And the wind speed would be the same. So, you know, it would be X uh, knots of wind, uh, which is an important variable when we are talking about risks uh, associated with transferring people, regardless which method is being used. Um, so those challenges would remain the same. In terms of operations and how uh, crew transfer can actually take place and from what is the point A and what is the point B when crew transfer is taking place, that is, of course, different. In traditional oil and gas industry, uh, that would be a vessel and a platform or a vessel and a vessel or a vessel and an FPSO. Uh, when I say platform, that can be a fixed installation, that can be a semi-submersible, that can be a jack-up rig, that can, you know, all sorts of things. Um, but both of them would be fairly robust. In offshore wind situation, unless we are talking about the commissioning phase of offshore wind, so if we are talking about the maintenance phase, then that would be a smaller type of vessel and the wind turbine. Uh, in the commissioning phase, that would be a larger type of vessel, like um, types of vessels that Harima has or, uh, subs or uh, Subsea 7 um, or Seaway 7 um, that Boscalis have, uh, so that Deme has. Uh, so it would those vessels would be more robust, but in the maintenance phase, um, some of the vessels can be quite small. In that sense, we would recommend to the operator or the subcontractor in the project that they need to um, make sure that they go through the risk assessment process and take into the account certain things. And I can imagine that the um, conditions of the different areas of the world, the different marine conditions would be, there would be a wide variety across the world. So could you, could you give us other examples around the world and in which you are also involved with renewables and you find probably different setups, different conditions? Uh, yes, so we have been involved, or rather the equipment we provide has been used on offshore wind farm projects in the North Sea, in different countries, in UK and in uh, Belgium. Uh, in, uh, then it was used also in uh, Germany, in Denmark, uh, offshore France, now offshore Italy, on the south of Italy where they're uh, going to start developing the offshore wind farm. 
then we also have in Asia Pacific, uh, the equipment we provide has been used by Yandanul, for example, offshore at Taiwan uh, for two different offshore wind farms. Uh, we are now negotiating one contract uh, where the equipment we provide will be used offshore um, United States of America for two different offshore wind farms. Um, so we are trying to engage with, in, in most cases, the players would be the same or uh, they would be from the same circle. Uh, so, for example, um, the offshore wind farm on the south of Italy, um, we have been working with Van Oort, um, and they are going to use uh, some of the equipment we provide down there. At the same time, we are in conversations with them uh, for two offshore wind farms in in the states. Uh, so sometimes the the players are the same. Uh, sometimes uh, one of the players uh, would know us from uh, before, uh, or they would uh, examine what type of uh, equipment has been used in offshore wind farms that have similar sea states, similar weather conditions, uh, perhaps similar operational uh, scenarios, and then they would come to us and, and start the conversation. I see. Okay, very good. Thanks for discussing these interesting topics with us. And to the listeners, Make sure you tune in to our podcasts and webinars through our website and social media. Goodbye.